0: Kicking off Hour 2, this is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Logan Gordon along with you. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio. Here in snowy Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Our outstanding production trio in the other room. Cam, Taylor, and John along with us. We'll hear from a couple of members of the Calgary Flames on a game day in just moments here. Flames getting set to take on the Boston Bruins Tuesday night at the Scotia Bank South home. We'll also take our look at the opposition a little bit later with Ian McLaren to give us uh, all things Bruins during their seven game winning streak and what it's like to uh, be covering the best team in the NHL right now. But we start with some breaking news in the NHL and it's I don't know if it really, it's breaking news, but it's its not really breaking news. If you know what I mean. Right, Taylor? Does this count as breaking news? I don't know if it's really breaking.
2: I feel like we all f- knew it was coming. So it was just a matter of moments of, it's all right, when is it news. actually going to be official?
0: Yeah. It's like you've been engaged forever. When did you finally get married? That's kind of what I feel like this is. We knew this was going to happen. It's just that it's about time that it happened. And apparently it's happening between the New York Rangers and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, First on it was uh, NHL insider from Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli, that the Patrick Kane trade to New York is becoming official. It'll be a three-team deal that uh, we're expecting the Arizona Coyotes to join in on as a broker to take on some of Kane's money this year. But the official deal is Kane to the Rangers for a 2023 second-round pick, which can become a first, and a fourth-round pick. Blackhawks, Rangers, and expecting the Arizona Coyotes to be a part of that as well. The condition on that second-round pick is if Kane uh, becomes it uh, becomes a first if the Rangers win two rounds, but that pick then moves to twenty twenty four or twenty twenty five. So it's initially a twenty twenty three second round pick. Would be a first in twenty four or twenty five if the Rangers win two rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. We've been. Waiting on this for a number of weeks now. In fact, we wondered if it was going to happen at all when the New York Rangers sort of... I don't know if they kicked off all of these trades, but they certainly got things going when they acquired Vladimir Tarasenko from the St. Louis Blues. And a lot of people, myself included, thought, "Mm, that that probably says... What it, it, you know, says it all about Patrick Kane and the New York Rangers. That's probably the big cap number. You've now acquired Tarasenko. Probably not room to make this work. Well, we were wrong. Chris Drury has found a way to make it work, it's at the expense of literally the minimum size roster that the Rangers can fit in on a day to day basis and a third team coming in to take on some of the money. But they have added who a player who was at once one of the most dynamic playmakers, more, definitely one of the most talented American players of all time, a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion, out of Chicago and into their lineup, and all of a sudden the New York Rangers' top six a little bit more intimidating now with the likes of Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko in the mix. With all due respect to to Jimmy Vc, who's filled in pretty nicely on that team, moving up and down the lineup as needed. Let's be honest, the day-to-day of, of rolling out Tarasenko and Kane in your top six is a lot more intimidating than anything with Jimmy Vc in it. This is also reuniting what was a dynamic duo in Chicago for a number of years. We will remember our Timmy Panarin started his NHL career with the Chicago Blackhawks and formed a pretty outstanding offensive unit with Patrick Kane. The chemistry that the two of them had was off the charts. Now both of them a lot older when than when that started. Patrick Kane has definitely not been the same forward this year that he's been in previous years. He is dealing with a hip injury that has slowed him significantly. But over the last couple of weeks, he's shown he can still get the job done. And as he said, after the Tarasenko trade went down, which was, again, what I think one of the weirdest moments of the NHL season, you know, he said he wanted to be in New York. That was uh, after he heard about the Vladimir Tarasenko trade, he was disappointed because it wasn't him. Because New York was one of the destinations that he could actually see himself leaving Chicago and moving on to a new NHL home was New York, and that wasn't going to happen. Well, they've made it happen, and now the New York Rangers look poised to do some real damage in the NHL playoffs uh, as it's becoming official now. Uh, in case you missed it, the deal it has been in the works for a while, Patrick Kane will be traded to the New York Rangers for a conditional 2023 second-round pick, which can become a first-round pick, and a fourth-round pick. Rangers and Blackhawks will have a three-team trade call tonight, which uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN is reporting will be the Arizona Coyotes uh, to help take on some of that money from Patrick Kane. And uh, it's expected that uh, he could make his Rangers debut as soon as Wednesday in Philadelphia. When the Rangers take on the Flyers. So the NHL trades just continue to pour in ahead of Friday's trade deadline. That's not the only deal we had today. We had two other ones as well. Uh, Minor trade between uh, the Ducks and the San Jose Sharks. Henry Thrun is on his way to San Jose. Uh, Third-round selection going there, and we also had uh, the end of Jesse Puyarvi's time in Edmonton. He has officially been traded from Edmonton to Carolina. Patrick Pustola on his way back to Edmonton. Oilers clear $3 million in cap space without retaining any money on Yessi Pujarvi. So Pujarvi gets a fresh start in Carolina. Oilers get some cap space to work with ahead of the trade deadline. Does that mean Eckholm? Does that mean Chikrin, Pareko? number of interesting names uh, around the Edmonton Oilers. And Ken Holland speaking to the media today following that trade saying, yes, I am open to moving my first-round pick for a rental if that's what we need to do this year. That's a change in stance from the Edmonton GM. So, again, another busy day in the NHL's trade deadline uh, coverage coming up on Friday right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, whatever's left on Friday, if there's anything left, we'll cover it. We'll have it all right here for you. All the scraps and maybe Jacob Jicker. <laughs> yeah, something will happen. I I can't promise that it'll be the biggest names. But there'll be names for sure.
2: Something will happen. I can't guarantee you yeah. what it is. It it might be, you know, just a draft pick for a draft pick. It might just be Cam for Alex. I don't know. Maybe we're Can gonna we
0: make that deal? A colossal sixth round first. Can a fifth we make round that deal? Something? No. Cam for Alex? No. Straight up? No. I'll do that deal right now. No. I'm gonna call Matt Rose and get on the negotiation phone with the morning show. You gotta get me here at five
2: in the morning. That's not happening.
0: Well, that's up to you. Yeah. You you'll want your job? Yeah. Well, you've been traded.
1: Sorry, Cam. We've
0: acquired Brody on the Beat. In exchange for Cam and his $800,000 Subaru. (laughs) It's as good as a pick. Yeah, but uh, keep it locked here. We'll have uh, trade deadline coverage all day from the Saddle Dome. Anything that happens with the Calgary Flames, we'll have it here first. Thanks to our uh, good friends at Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar and Tuxedo Source for Sports uh, for sponsoring our trade deadline coverage that's coming up on Friday. It is a Flames game day today, Flames and the Boston Bruins. Bruins uh, have already made one major move. Don't know if they have much left to do. They're already the best team in the NHL. They're in the midst of a seven-game winning streak. They went out and got Dmitry Orlov and Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. Uh, they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now, and they're heading into Calgary to take on a Flames team that has lost two in a row, is struggling to keep themselves in the Western Conference playoff picture and knows that they need to pick up two points tonight and uh, then have another tough test against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday. How are the Flames feeling ahead of a tough test against Boston tonight? We'll take to the Scotia Banks Saldo and find out. Let's hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames on a game day starting with head coach Daryl Sider and his media availability following morning skate.:
3: You know you're coming up against a really good Boston Bruins team. I'd love to know your uh, assessment of them and, and what you see
2: them.: uh, pretty them. impressive team, obviously. I mean you got you know what it is this morning, uh, 15, probably 19-point lead on a team that's went either won the cup twice or been the Stanley Cup finals last year. years'. It's pretty impressive.
0: Is it that makes them
2: so good well it's a complete team I mean that's not a you know they're, they're right at the top of everything that's analytic right at the very top you do goals against goals for special teams face-offs uh, it's it's a sign of a team that's going for it
4: so what
2: does your group have to do tonight then? you know we're shit on our own game really clear we need everybody's A-game. We're not a team that, I've said this prior, that we're not a team of somebody where somebody's going to dominate the game for us. We need everybody's A-game. That's that's really clear. And I think it's it's even more important at home. So. Any thoughts on the
3: uh, the Black History Month jerseys you'll be wearing during pregame today?
2: Yeah, they looked really good. I seen them the day before yesterday. Look looked really good. Um, I've been fortunate. i just seen Peter just showed me a picture of Jerome wearing it today. Is that for public knowledge? Yeah, we we'll Sort of. But, <laughs> but, you know, in saying that, I've been really privileged or fortunate to, you know, I was in Chicago and we named Derek Graham captain. I was in Calgary. We named Jerome captain. So it's two pretty special guys to be able to say You managed, coached, and friends with them guys. It's pretty cool.
0: There you go. That's uh, head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media there. And uh, that last question you heard from the athletics, uh, Julian McKenzie. Yes. Uh, get down to the dome tonight to watch warm up. Uh, if you're going to the game as part of uh, the celebration of black history, month of the Scotiabank Saddled on the Flames are going to be wearing specially designed uh, jerseys in warm up. Uh, 50-50 is going to be a part of it if you want to try to win uh, one of those awesome jerseys It looks really cool. Uh, London Hoylet of the um, Calgary Hitmen doing some modeling of the jersey. And uh, as you heard, uh, Daryl there, uh, yes, there'll even be a, a little special video message uh, for the jerseys and uh, celebrating uh, one of the greatest in uh, Calgary Flames history for sure in uh, Jerome McGinley as uh, part of the celebration of Black History Month for the Calgary Flames today ahead of their game against the Boston Bruins. Uh, two other players to hear from, including Jonathan Huberto. Uh, not at the level he needs to be at yet for this Calgary Flames team, but still trying to get there in any way, shape, or form. Here's what uh, Jonathan Huberto had to say against a good matchup against the Boston Bruins later tonight.
4: Obviously, a pretty big game tonight, the Bruins being what they are. How do you, how
5: do you focus and try and beat this team? Yeah, I mean, we, we know what kind of team they are. I mean, this year they've been you know they they don't lose too many games, so you know they're on a back-to-back, so we got to take advantage of that and get on them early. I think you know we know it's going to be a tight game, but uh, you know play play our game and play play in their zone as much as possible. You know they don't like to play defensively, so I think we got to create some room. You know to to go in front of their their goalie.
4: Uh, what uh, what specifically can you can your group derive anything from a team that's just so dominant? Can you learn as a group from what they've
2: done this season at all?
5: Or? I mean, it's it's about us. I mean, you know, the way they play it's, is different than us, and I think it's for us right now. It's uh, you know we, we don't have many games left, and we need to get climbing the standings. So it's it's important, and you know even their goalie is scoring goals, so we've got to make sure we take take care of that.
1: Is this sort of like? When you look at this match, not only the ultimate test for this group, but this is sort of the one that every player, this is a big league game today, they're all important, they're all, anything can happen any given night, but this is the one that I imagine everybody feels, if you're going to get this homestand going right, this is the one to kind of springboard, It's It's a player's game, isn't
5: it? It is, and <coughs> that's how it gets gets you ready for playoffs, you know, it's it's a big homestand for us, we're playing a really good team, and, you know, that's a big test, I say, I say for a team and you know start tonight against against Boston that's uh, a huge game for us and you know we we need to get these points right now real real bad We played played against them
1: enough but just that leadership group over there I don't know if we should be surprised that Boston is still on top of the heap. But they've been together a long time, in this core. You've seen them a lot. How do you describe the importance of that leadership and that culture that they have? Yeah, it is
5: a, you know, the, they're I think, a tight group, you know, as we, we can see. I think, you know, they've been together a long time. I know, you know, Bergeron, you know, is a, a great leader. You know, he comes back every year and he's a guy that, you know, plays so well, you know, defensively. And he's, a, you know, we can tell it's their core group. And uh, that's what you need in a team. I think that, that makes a big difference in the room and how you conduct yourself on the ice. As well. There you go, Flames
0: forward, Jonathan Huberto, speaking uh, to the media following Morning Skate today. Obviously uh, playing in the East for as long as Jonathan did. He's uh, got a first-hand look at some of those great Bruins teams over the years and now uh, a chance in Flames colors for him to see uh, another good addition of this Bruins team. Like I said, coming in, winning seven in a row. Uh, sitting atop of the NHL standings and uh potentially a Vesna trophy winner in Linus Allmark who gets a start tonight for Boston. And just a bit on Jonathan Huberto before uh we hear from Noah Hannafin uh end off our flames media availabilities from today. A tough year for Jonathan. That's an understatement. Uh anybody that's watched this team has uh gotten a first hand view of that. Um do I do I think that there's there's bounce back in Jonathan's game? Do I think if he's going to if this team is going to do anything this year, uh he's going to need to be a big part of it? Yes, 100% all of those things. I think the biggest worry that's that's come out for me talking to a couple of people, you know, just watching games over the road trip is there are good moments for Jonathan and there are invisible moments for Jonathan and I I still think that there is You know, picking up systems and playing in a uh, you know a different style that Daryl wants him to play. We we've talked about whether or not those guys are on the same page this year. I I still believe that's part of it, but my biggest worry with Jonathan is you don't have to. And I said this with guys like Manjapani or Backlund, you know, guys that don't always score at a, a consistent clip. I don't need you to score or put up points on a day to day basis. But I need you to be noticeable in more aspects of the game. And for me, that's where Jonathan's really fell off the most this year is when Jonathan has been quiet, it's been dead quiet. It's been silence. There has been little to no impact from Jonathan Huberto when his game is down. That's a problem. That's not something that you can have happen when his salary jumps to $10.5 million next year. You cannot be a passenger... At Ten and a half million dollars on the salary cap, that cannot happen. um I can live without you putting up a point every night, but you have to still drive offense, you have to drive opportunities, you know um, help your teammates out in any way shape or form you can, and it just hasn't been there, so I think the the ceiling we know hasn't been hit for Jonathan Huberto, but the floor worries me a bit because you need to see a little bit more consistently from Jonathan Huberto. eleven goals. 28 assists for 39 points this year for Jonathan Huberto. Those are all obviously way off of the totals that he's had last year and way off of the totals that he's had for the majority of his NHL career. And you know, just talking about this uh, with a couple people as well, it's so interesting to hear Jonathan talk about uh, and hear people who've seen you talk about him being a distributor and how he's a pass-first guy. That's a really interesting thing to... hear from a guy but when you look at Jonathan's career stats and his most successful offensive years have actually come when he shot the puck more last year he set a career it wasn't a career high it was just shy of his career high uh, of 226 shots on goal uh, but he put 222 shots on net last year in 80 games for Florida through 57 games with Calgary he's sitting at just 91 his shot percentage hasn't dropped off nearly as much as you would expect for a guy that's down in points like Jonathan Huberto is. But his shot total has fallen off of a cliff. That year that he did put up his career best 226 shots, not surprisingly, that was his second best offensive season of his career. That was 2018 19 when he had 30 goals and 62 assists. So I think clearly. That's an area that has to change, and I think whether or not Jonathan sees himself as a pass-first player or not, clearly offense comes from him in different ways, shapes, and forms when he's getting the puck on goal, and he has not been doing that at a very consistent rate this season. Just Like I said, just 91 shots on goal for Jonathan Huberto, 222 last year when he put up 115 points, 226 Shots on goal in 2018 19 when he put up 92 points. He's got to get the puck on net more. As you know, Jason Bukola, who's joined us on this program before, has said, who was a longtime scout for the Florida Panthers, has said, I, I don't know if it's Jonathan undervaluing it or if it's just that mindset that he has of being a pass first guy. He has a great shot, he scored 30 goals in this league twice. He almost did it again in 2017 18. He could be a three-time 30-goal scorer in the league. He has an elite shot. He just doesn't use it enough, and he hasn't used it enough, certainly as a member of the Calgary Flames. And, look, I don't have to tell anybody that's listening because you've watched the games, you've seen them yourselves. There's been more than I can tell you how many times, you know, you're in one of those spots and you're either the guy in the stands or the person at home screaming at the TV, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, and it never happens. He... He waits a second and the the lane is gone, or he's looking to pass the puck. And uh, I'm not saying that you know every time you yell "shoot" uh, at the saddle dome tonight or at any other game that you're necessarily right, but there have certainly been those moments with Jonathan Huberto where you're just begging for him to put a shot on goal and it hasn't happened. And I I just I saw the shots on goal t- totals for him this year, comparing it to some of his best years in the NHL, and I have to wonder if you know the message for him right now shouldn't be get the puck on goal as much as possible because good things tend to happen when you do that on a more regular basis. Uh, one more member of the Flames to hear from, Noah Hannafin. Uh, we'll talk about the deep pairings for the Calgary Flames after we hear from Noah, but he might find himself on a different spot uh, tonight in the Flames' defensive lineup. But he talked about uh, facing off against the Bruins and a tough task. Uh, he has tonight uh was part of the flames decor taking on the bruins after uh, morning skate earlier today
1: you probably have a, a pretty unique perspective uh obviously uh, being it's your hometown team but when you see the boston bruins play what do you see in a group that has just been lethal from start to where we are today
3: yeah honestly they don't have really many holes in their game this year you know they got uh a real good decor and they got four lines that can all contribute and, and play hard and, and their top players all play hard too so and they're getting great coaltending. So it's uh, definitely going to be a challenge, you know, here tonight. But, um, you know, I think our group's uh, definitely excited for this homestand.
1: Is it? Is it, a, I don't mean this to sound as silly as it will, but is this a surprise that Boston is as dominant as they are? They have a veteran team sprinkled in with some, some I don't know, different types of players that it all seems to work. I mean, it's not like this a young dynamic. This group's been together a while.
3: Yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, I think, you uh, you know they've they've been good for a long time, and you know they have great leadership who've who've uh, gone through some serious battles for a long time, and you know guys like Bergeron and Marchand. So you know you know it's going to be a, a tough battle tonight, and, and some of their younger guys have, have stepped up lately in the last few years and, and really progressed in their games as well. So good hockey team, and it's uh, it's going to be an exciting game tonight.
1: How do you cover how do you cover a guy like uh, Marchand from a standpoint of not only playing the type but maybe ignoring the noise how do you kind of just kind of tune him out
3: yeah no it's just he's a competitive guy it's part of his game and, and he's always been like that it's uh but you still you just gotta play those guys hard and you gotta try to frustrate them and um you know that's the that's the whole uh game plan against those guys and you know he's he's not as big as some you know some of the other guys, but he, he competes really hard. He's getting in front of the net. He's got good hands and and uh, likes to have the puck on his stick a lot. So it uh, should be fun. We heard a few guys talk about uh, kind of a belief level here yesterday. I wonder sort of what the confidence level is right now as we you know look at this important stretch and kind of the rest of the way, which which all has that kind of written on it. Yeah, I think uh, you know yesterday was kind of a reset for us. And, and looking you know coming into this homestand, we got three huge games here coming up and really take advantage of, of these home games and, and uh, put ourselves in a position where we're uh, we're in a good spot in the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, I think everyone in here is, definitely has that belief, and, and we're excited, and uh, you know, we're ready to make a push here in the in the last few weeks. Is this bit of straps that you guys kind of have circled on the calendar? I mean, the Minnesota yeah. games, Dallas next week, Toronto, Boston. These are good teams, and you guys, you know, have to have to be up for it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big home stand, and like you said, we're playing all all real good hockey teams, and. And, uh, you know, it starts here tonight. I think tonight's going to be a, a big uh, way for us to set the standard for the rest of the, the trip at home. And, and uh, you know, we got Minnesota coming up, Toronto. So it's it's a lot of big hockey here for us.
2: Have you, you feel found coverage? a big
4: difference between how you play at home versus on the road this season? Have you found a big difference in how you guys play at home versus on the road this season? I think,
3: no, I think we just want to be consistent no matter where we are. And I think, uh, you know, starting last year, too, we, we want to be a, a, a homer team. We want to be tough to play against at home. And that's something we're looking to uh, build upon here in the, in, in the next few games.
0: Does the trade deadline coming
3: up impact your focus with how important these next few games are coming up? Uh no, not not really. I think it's just, you just gotta focus on what you can control, and I think everyone in the room is doing that as well, and you know, whatever happens, happens. But right now we're just focusing on the game tonight. Are
5: you checking your phone
0: to see what deals you're gonna
3: get? Uh not so far, not today, no. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> There's Noah Hannifin. Uh speaking to the media following Flames Warring Skate on this Tuesday. Interesting to note, uh, Morning skate, you know, you don't always get the best picture of what things are going to look like, but it does seem like we're going to see the same forward group and decor for the Calgary Flames. Dan Vadar will get the start against his former team. Uh, but as far as D-pairings go, it'll be the same six we're expecting, but perhaps uh, in different pairings. Uh, Flames.com with their projected lineup uh, for tonight's game uh, showing a different configuration for the D-pairings tonight rather than what we've seen the last little while so based off of that and sometimes the websites you know they get a little inside edge uh when it comes to uh what lineup news is coming so perhaps tonight we will look for uh Noah Hannifin to be on a pairing back with Chris Tanev instead of Rasmus Anderson Weeger will be with Rasmus uh the third pairing of Zadorov and Gilbert uh looks to stay the same so could be the same six deployed in a different formation Uh, for Daryl Sutter's crew to take on the Boston Bruins tonight. Uyghur Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, Zadorov with Gilbert of course, keep it locked during Flames' warm-up Tuesday night around 6.30. Pat Steinberg will have the latest for you uh, when the team comes onto the ice and gets ready uh, for tonight's matchup against the Bruins. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Speaking of the Boston Bruins, let's get an inside look at the Flames' opponent. They are the best team in the NHL. They've won seven games in a row. How have they got there? We'll chat with Ian McLaren about the Boston Bruins next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: You're listening to Sportsnet today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
0: It's the Flames and the Bruins tonight from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. 7 o'clock puck drop, 6 o'clock Flames warm up with the one and only Pat Steinberg and Pete Labardius. Lobardius and Wills on the call right here on Sportsnet 960, your home of the Calgary Flames. First of three straight at home for the Flames, Bruins Tuesday, Leafs Thursday, and then the Minnesota Wild on Saturday. Logan Gordon along with you and very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon for our look at the opposition. The opposition, the number one team in the NHL coming in on a seven-game winning streak uh, to help us take a look at the Boston Bruins. Uh, we welcome in Ian McLaren, host of the Locked On Bruins podcast, uh, joining us this afternoon. Ian, thanks for doing this, man. How are you?
4: Not a problem at all. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on.
0: No, thanks for uh, taking some time. Really appreciate it. It's uh, been a pretty good year overall for the Boston Bruins. Uh, big win last night against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Got a little bit hectic at the end there, but that'll happen uh, against Connor and company. We can tell you that personally here in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Uh, But overall, seven-game win streak, top of the NHL. It's been a a pretty great season so far in Boston.
4: I mean, yeah, it's uh, certainly exceeded uh, expectations coming into the season. A lot of people thinking the Bruins might take a, a bit of a step back with some significant injuries to begin the season and Brad Marchand uh Charlie McAvoy even Matt Grizzlick all sidelined due to offseason surgery uh some guys getting a bit bit older um new head coach but everything has kind of come together pretty well for for the Bruins so far to say the least and uh couldn't have asked for a better it's not even a, a matter of a, a good start of course it's we're well into the season at this point and mm-hmm. the Bruins certainly seem like the the team to beat even in a, a pretty loaded Eastern Conference
0: Tell me what you've made of uh, Jim Montgomery in year one as the Bruins head coach I think everybody would, uh, would look at Bruce Cassidy and say look he did a great job but felt like his time coaching that team had come to an end in comes Jim Montgomery and uh, so far, so good in year one as head coach behind the bench.
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to make uh, that kind of move, uh, letting go of Bruce Cassidy, who's been who had been incredibly successful in his time in Boston, Jim Montgomery seems to be the perfect fit uh, for this club. He uh, knows how to relate to the players off the ice. He's making some uh, pretty small but savvy moves in terms of uh, his systems getting the defensemen a lot more active offensively is probably the biggest um, uh, shift that we've seen with the Bruins this season and uh, you know he has a he has his own personal story that you're definitely rooting for him to succeed as well after all the the personal issues that he's gone through and, and where he's at Uh, kind of in his journey and his recovery so altogether, it's a it's a great story and I mean he's the odds-on favorite to win the Jack Adams trophy at this point uh, for sure I don't think anybody would argue with that at this point.
0: Uh, Ian talk to me about this dynamic duo that the Sabres roll out in goal Uh, Linus Allmark I think was maybe a bit of a surprise ad for some last year going back to free agency and I thought he was okay last year as the Bruins goaltender, you know, splitting time uh, in just 41 games, but he's really turned a corner and formed what not only is a really cool relationship with Jeremy Swayman. We see the hugs after every game and we see how close those guys are, but they're also a, a pretty formidable duo. And Linus Olmark might find himself with the Vesna trophy when it's all said and done.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredibly rare that you can have a back-to-back in Alberta And you can a beat the Edmonton Oilers one night and then be able to come back the next night in Calgary and deploy your number one goalie in, in Linus Allmark. And that's a testament to, yeah, how good this tandem is Um, Linus Allmark coming in last season, a bit of a, a rough start to his time with the Bruins. And that's, I guess, understandable. You know, he, uh, was moving to a new city, new teammates, new system. Takes some time for players, especially goalies, sometimes to acclimate to all of that. He's much more comfortable in Boston now. He has this great relationship not only with Jeremy Swayman but also with uh, goalie coach Bob Essensa, who has a ton of experience to bring to the table, of course. And uh, yeah, he's. Uh, going back to Jim Montgomery, Jack Adams' favorite. Often that kind of goes hand in hand with with a great goaltending. Uh, Linus Olmark certainly should win the Vesna Trophy uh, at this point. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great luxury that that the Bruins had. They could have. Well, a lot of people were advocating for them to have not signed Linus Olmark and just roll with a tandem of Jeremy Swayman and Dan Ladar, who I believe is starting tonight for the Flames mm-hmm. uh, to kind of go that youth route, but it's uh, certainly paying off to have brought in the veteran from, from Buffalo. Uh,
0: how cool is it for this team, and I guess maybe even cool, how important is it for this team to have guys like David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron performing at the levels that they are for the you know considerable hometown discount of just $3.5 million uh, combined, and you know Krejci you know, even to that sense, Ian coming back last season uh, after spending the year away, how important have they been and how important is it what they provided such a minimal cap hit?
4: I mean, it's it's hard to even express how important those two guys are to the Bruins. We saw all last year one of the big storylines was how will the Bruins replace David Krejci as their second-line center. Ultimately, they they weren't really able to do that. It was a huge hole all year long and it really hurt them in the playoffs last year against Carolina Uh, to get him back to have Bergeron back after winning his record breaking Selkie and still playing at uh, such a high level, both at very reduced contracts. It it will come and bite them a bit next season when they have to pay the the bonuses. But um, yeah, to have those guys in the mix, they've been doing it for years before they won their first or the cup back in 2011 Uh, those two guys have been kind of the foundation for this club for the past 10 12 15 years and uh, you know hopefully they have uh, one more run in them at least uh, coming up here as we get closer to the playoffs
0: yeah and you sort of talk about them laying the foundation for some of the next guys and you know when you think of the next guys in boston you kind of think of uh, david pasternak at the top of that list mm-hmm. uh just 26 years old in the midst of another outstanding season he's already at 42 goals he's got 80 points on the season uh, i guess just you know how incredible it is to watch him on a day-to-day basis ian and I-, I guess of course everyone's looking towards his ufa status in the summer is that a worry for bruins fans or is there an understanding with the group that hey we're going to do what it takes to keep David Pasternak in Boston.
4: I mean, it's, it's always a worry until, uh, there is a deal signed. I think the Bruins were kind of hoping that he would go the route of some of the Bruins that are currently there, like your Brad Marsh Bergeron Creechie, who have taken more team friendly deals, uh, in the past, uh, I think they're going to end up having to pay him a bit more than they had wanted to, but I mean, he's proving his worth night in and night out for this team. Uh, Not only so dynamic offensively, but you can see from the beginning of his career, how he has learned from uh, the core. He's learned to put the work in off the ice. He's learned to play, more effectively at both ends of the ice. Not to say he's a, a selkie candidate in waiting, but you know he's still very strong uh, defensively as well, and that's a testament to how your Bergerons and Marchands have um, influenced him over the years. Uh, so, you know, for him to hit free agency would be disastrous for this team. I ultimately do think they'll get something done. Uh, right now, the focus seems to be. Uh, getting into the playoffs and you know making good on this exceptional regular season and hopefully everything will fall into place there's still some concerns I think on his camp's part in terms of who will be down the middle for the Bruins moving forward there's Mm -hmm. not too much depth there beyond Pavel Zaka Charlie Coyle signed long term Um, he'd probably like to have some assurance that there's going to be a, a number one guy in place for him moving forward. Uh, that's probably the only holdup at this point, as well as the Bruins meeting uh, kind of more of, of what he deserves on the open market.
0: Uh, another forward that you can't uh, go long talking about the Boston Bruins without uh, hitting on is, is Brad Marchand. You talked about the hip surgery. Uh, doesn't look like he's missed a beat, 52 points in 51 games. And, uh, you know what continues to be one of the funnest guys uh, to follow around the NHL. Whether it's you know fun comments with uh, pregame shows or having fun with people on Twitter. You know Craig Morgan. I think about the tweet yeah. that he had with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. You were lucky enough to have him on your pod uh, and chat mm-hmm. with him about some of that stuff. What was it like to to chat with Brad? He Seems like such a, a I don't want to say a different voice, but one of those guys that we talk about the NHL Ian, who's Willing to be himself and isn't going to hide behind cliche answers or, you know, any of the stuff. He's always going to be Brad Marchand. What was it like having him on the podcast? And, you know, what's it like seeing him with this Boston team continuing to have success?
4: Yeah, it was it was obviously great to, to be able to chat with him. He was uh, very candid, very open. He, you know, acknowledged that the Bruins don't really care about the President's Trophy. It, it doesn't really mean anything to them. Uh, he admitted that he maybe came back a bit too early from hip surgery, and he's still not quite 100%, which should be a kind of a warning signal to the rest of the Eastern Conference that he has another level to hit. And, yeah, he just uh, takes the game seriously on the ice, obviously, but he also doesn't take himself too seriously off it. And you see that coming through, uh, on, on Twitter for sure. He, he likes to, you know, have a go at some people sometimes, but you know, it's all in good fun. And, uh, he, yeah, I think the NHL definitely needs more personality like that coming out and it, uh, it just makes for a more entertaining product. And, uh, it kind of gets people more engaged uh, whether or not you like Brad Marshawn or not. Uh, You know, you're always going to get, get an honest look at, at where he's at and uh, how good he can be both on and off the ice for sure.
0: Yeah. It's funny. He's one of those guys I think of where it's like, man, I can remember even just a couple of years ago. And, you know, look here in Calgary, we get the, the usual two viewings of Boston during the year. And then we see whatever Boston does, In the playoffs, he was a really easy guy to hate for a lot of years, and it's, it's funny how that narrative changes when, look, you're a consistently elite player at the NHL level, and then he starts to show more of his personality, and look, we all make mistakes, and we all probably do things that we regret at times, but to have a guy that's that honest and up forth with stuff. And is just overall a really good player who can back up a lot of the stuff that he does. He's a pretty unique guy when it comes to NHL circles.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, he's been uh vocal in a lot of good ways as well. He's been the, the hockey is for everyone ambassador for the Bruin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's uh, a vocal advocate for their, their pride night initiatives and stuff like that. So he's uh, yeah, he's not just, Mixing it up for the sake of it, he has a voice, and he, and he uses it for good as well.
0: Uh, chatting with Ian McLaren, host of the Locked On Bruins podcast. Uh, Ian, a uh, couple more for you here on a game day between the Flames and the Boston Bruins. Uh, talk to me about the latest trade for the Bruins uh, a couple days ago, hooking up with the Washington Capitals. Dimitri Orloff and Garnet Hathaway, now members of the Boston Bruins. What have you seen from those two, and what were your initial thoughts on the deal?
4: Yeah, it kind of came out of the blue the other day. The The Bruins appeared to be leaning towards adding uh, Vladislav Gavrikov from the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they elected to, to hook up with Washington and get kind of more bang for their buck, adding uh, a very capable, physical, puck-moving defenseman, as well as some grit uh, in the bottom six as well, and, and a guy who can chip in a little offensively in Hathaway. Uh, Orlov, I think played a fantastic game last night on the goal that uh, Nick Foligno scored in Edmonton. Uh, It was Orlov who uh, disrupted an attempt by Connor McDavid to enter the Bruins zone, intercepted the puck, flipped it back the other way and the the Bruins ended up scoring. Uh, And that's after having very, actually no practice time yet with his new club and, and having flown from Washington to the West coast to join the Bruins. So the early returns on, on uh, Orlov for sure have been very positive. Hathaway getting in there, mixing it up, being physical uh, on the four check. Uh, the Bruins have benefited from, uh, from those two guys uh, for sure. Uh, still would like to see them add maybe uh, another scoring winger or some depth down the middle, but I think uh, Don Sweeney and co have to be pretty pleased with uh with the way the roster is looking at the moment for sure.
0: Yeah. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to complain about when you're I think plus 40 on the goal differential between the next best team and your, your top 10 in both special teams categories. The, the adding is is always funny at that time of year, right? Because you're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. everybody in the East seems like they're adding something right now. But at the same time, you've also been head and shoulders above everybody at this point of the year. It's uh, it can be a catch 22 this time of year when you see all these teams making Mm -hmm. trades.
4: Yeah, for sure. You want to, there's the the temptation to keep up with, you know, the New York Rangers reportedly adding Patrick Kane already, uh, the Maple Leafs loading up, Tampa giving up a bunch of picks, Uh, the Bruins. Yeah, you don't want to disrupt the chemistry too much. You don't want to necessarily subtract from what's working on the roster, Uh, but you also want to make sure there's that depth for the inevitable injuries that will come up between now and when the Stanley Cup is handed out, and uh, just put the best roster forward because you don't know how many more chances you'll get with with uh, with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci down the middle. So it's uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't envy Don Sweeney at all right now, trying to to navigate those waters. But even if he just settles with this one trade. I think it's a pretty nice piece of work that uh, that he was able to do so far. It's Trading has always been probably the strongest aspect of, of Don Sweeney's time as general manager of the Boston Bruins.
0: Uh, Ian, before we let you go, I always like to, uh, to ask this when we take a look at the opposition, but uh, give the listeners here in Calgary and the people watching the game tonight someone on the Bruins that maybe we haven't talked about uh, that's a bit under the radar. Somebody to watch for in tonight's game. That you know, obviously, we're going to watch Pasternak and Marshand and McAvoy. But is there somebody under the radar that you think's been a, a really outstanding member of the Bruins that we should take a look at tonight?
4: I mean, one guy who who certainly is making uh, his mark on the team is uh, a younger guy like Trent Frederick. He's uh, you know on pace for career highs and goals and points. Uh, he's been a really valuable. Asset uh, in the bottom six. Full credit to Nick Felino for kind of taking on the the bottom six captain's role, if that's a thing. Uh, he's really taken Frederick under his wing, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, you know has a a bit of a go at uh, a Milan Lucic uh, trying to make an impression against a, a guy who kind of played that role for a long time with this club. So yeah, Trent Frederick's a guy that I could see uh, mixing it up a little bit tonight, and also getting on the scoreboard as well.
0: Ian, thanks so much for the time today, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy the game tonight. We'll chat again soon, eh?
4: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on.
0: Thanks. Ian McLaren joining us from the Locked On Bruins podcast, uh, taking a look at the opposition today for the Calgary Flames. They are the league-leading Boston Bruins, and uh, they come in on a seven-game winning streak. Puck drop at seven. Uh, Flames warm-up with Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius goes at six o'clock. Before we get out of here and hand things over, to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian. Uh, We have more breaking news in the NHL. Trade deadline, not till Friday, but uh, why wait for any of that? Uh, Another massive deal coming down the pipes. Uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs are trading Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals for Eric Gustafson and a first-round draft pick. So we've already seen today ESC Pujarvi move to the Carolina Hurricanes. Sounds as though that Patrick Kane trade between the Blackhawks and the Rangers plus the Arizona Coyotes is becoming official and Kane will be a Ranger as soon as tomorrow. And now we have seen the Toronto Maple Leafs who just acquired Jake McCabe pushing Rasmus Sandin out of their top six. They have now traded him to the Washington Capitals. Former flame, former flame great Eric Gustafson, the power play specialist, uh, now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs as well as a first-round draft pick. So Sandine, Kane, and Pujarvi all moved today as the NHL trades continue to fly in left and right. And uh, how happy is Haley Salvian right now that she doesn't have to do a trade deadline show like I do on Friday where we will inevitably be talking about uh, third-line AHLers who get moved Uh, throughout the day. I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going to happen Friday. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun either way. We'll talk about uh, everything and anything that happens Uh, but yes, another big trade. The Kyle uh, Dubas trade uh, tree continues. He's been busy the last couple of weeks and continues uh, this one. That one from Elliot Friedman of Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet. Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals for Eric Gustafson and a first round draft pick. That'll do it for us on Sportsnet today. We got to get out of here Haley Salvian, the one and only Haley Salvian, is coming up next. Enjoy Hockey Central 960. For Cam, Taylor, and John, I'm Logan. We'll talk to you tomorrow following the Flames and the Bruins right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.